Welcome to Mecca Talks, your access all areas pass to the beauty, business and lifestyle experts we call our community. I'm Kate Blythe, Chief Marketing Officer here at Mecca and your host. In today's episode, I'm talking to Mecca's 2022 holiday artist, Nadia Hernandez. Hi everyone. As many of you will already know, every year as part of our support for women in the arts and through our partnership with the National Gallery of Victoria, the NGV, Mecca partners with an Australian-based female artist to design beautifully festive limited edition packaging for the holiday period, while also contributing to the NGV's acquisition of a major piece of their work. And this year's artist is none other than Nadia Hernandez. Born in Merida, Venezuela, and currently living and working here in Melbourne, Nadia expresses her experience as a Venezuelan woman living in a different country through various creative disciplines and mediums, including textiles, paper constructions, paintings, poetry, music, sculptures, installations, murals, and much more. Bursting with colour, her work explores political narratives and family stories while celebrating culture, identity and togetherness with incredible positivity. And we are obsessed with it and with Nadia. She is a total creative force and what a wonderful platform for her to be able to tell her story in this way. We couldn't be more excited to give all of you your own chance to own a piece of Nadia's work through our holiday packaging. Not only are we going to have the incredible packaging, we're going to have all of our windows of our stores we're going to have she's going to paint windows in a Turex store in Melbourne our flagship store in Sydney is going to be bedecked with Nadia's work but that's enough for me let's get Nadia in to tell you all more about her creativity and her work and this incredible partnership Hi, Nadia. It's so lovely to see you again. Last time we saw each other was for the grand unveiling to our amazing retail team at the NGV. And we did a little panel talk there to sort of introduce you to them and talk about the collaboration, which was super, super exciting. Tell me a little bit about that night for you and what it meant. Oh, my God. Um, well, first of all, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here today. I'm very happy. I think you <laughs> and, and I can to, chat for hours. I know. And kind of get to delve deeper into some of the, the the topics that we started covering at the Q&A. Um, the night was so special and so memorable and I'm still buzzing from it because mm. it wasn't that long ago and just sort of focusing on all the different like touch points of the evening, like arriving, getting my makeup done, feeling really special, getting to have my friend and my gallerist there with me to support me, then seeing Joe come on stage and like address everybody, uh, having a lot of different team members approach me and tell me that you know that they're receiving the collaboration with like open arms and excitement I think that gave me the confidence to get up on stage you were so confident you were you were a total natural oh thanks and I think (laughs) what was so beautiful about it is you're a young artist and to be put on a stage and and there was probably what 350 people there (laughs) and to be put on the stage at the NGV with the curator with me sort of asking you these questions and for your art to be all over the place with the packaging but also to know that, that this piece is going to go into the permanent collection at the NGV as part of our partnership. I mean, that in itself is pretty mind-blowing, but you dealt with it effortlessly and you were 
so eloquent when you told us your story. And I think it would be a disservice to all of our listeners today if we didn't hear your story of how you started with your art and how you actually, you know, you you start off as a writer. You're Venezuelan mm. born. How did you end up in Australia? And how did you end up being an artist when you were originally a writer? That is the, the story that we all want to hear. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? Yeah, of course. Well, I think if we go all the way back to the beginning, it would have to be um, back in my home country of Venezuela. I was born in Merida, which is a stunning city located in a valley in the Andes mountain range. And I grew up with uh, my mom, my uncle, my grandparents. My grandparents were very involved in my life. We lived in a house together and they dedicated so much time to me, to my mm. upbringing. That's wonderful. Is that quite sort of culturally the norm? Um, it is actually, mm. it is culturally the norm. And my mom was a young parent, so she was still studying. And um, we moved back with my grandparents so that they could, you know, kind of all together sort yeah. of help raise me. And I think that had such a significant impact on my life because mm. my grandfather is a plant physiologist who is also a poet. My grandmother can make almost anything with her hands. So I was surrounded by these two really loving, generous, creative people. And I think my longing to stay connected with them after we left the country has really inspired me to like pursue an artistic career. And you left the country young. You were seven, you said. I was nine. Oh, you were nine. Yeah, Yeah. I was nine. I'm about to turn 10. Um, My mom and I moved to Tucson, to Arizona. That's a bit different. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't know a word of English. I mean, I knew maybe a few words. I knew like how to say hello and how are you? And my mom is a very tenacious, strong woman. And she went to the US to do her PhD, which is like a really cool, amazing, um, powerful thing to do. And she's like, you know what? What was she studying? um, Cell biology and anatomy. Okay, so pretty, not like a sort of small PhD. It's pretty, (laughs) pretty expensive. Yeah, very long, very intense PhD. And she's like, wanted to take me with her and see what opportunities would be brought to me by growing up in a really different environment. And I remember she was just like, you know, you're just going to go to school and I'm not going to put you in a bilingual school. You're going to go and you're going <laughs> to learn English. And for the first year, we spoke English at home and I spoke English, tried to decipher what was being said to me at school. Wow. And then As the new I girl, had no idea. New language. It was such a challenge. And yeah. I still still I you know what I used to do I used to come back home from school and I would have a shower and I'd start to sort of like put together this whole mumbling of words that didn't quite make sense that for me was what English sounded like and I would just kind of repeat this to myself and I was like I wonder if one day I mean I'd say this in (laughs) Spanish in my mind like if I'll actually be able to speak this language oh fascinating and then a year later once I started to become a little bit more fluent because I was just so immersed my mom said okay that's it we are never speaking English you and I we don't speak English at home we are speaking Spanish I love that so she went from one extreme to the other so that you could basically be totally bilingual totally Exactly. And for her, um, me being bilingual kind of signified that I could retain that understanding, that connection to my culture, but also to my family, especially to my older family members, my family members that were in Venezuela. um, And then obviously the ones who have left the country now and my grandparents mostly. And I think that was I really appreciate 
I mean, at the time it was really hard, but I really appreciate her doing that because that relationship that I'm able to harbor with my grandparents is really, truly so special. And the resilience is a nine nearly 10 year old going yeah. through that change it's like not to be underestimated oh, yeah. I mean that like fuels you right yeah exactly I think it was these moments in my life when I was learning English not knowing how to speak the language and then also I was sw a swimmer mm -hmm. and I think that was sort of my mom's way to um, help me Oh, I don't know. I think, you know, she was working so much, single mother, now in a different country. You don't have the support network. She's like, okay, how am I going to keep my, you know, my, my one daughter, like, out of trouble? <laughs> and so I swam, and I swam before school and after school, oh, and I was wow. training super hard. I feel like, in hindsight, when I think about what I apply to my artistic practice, which is not just creativity, but it's also, like, discipline and yeah. determination. And, and it like comes from work. that. Yeah. It comes from that. So, yeah. I mean, that was that was tough. Training and sport, pursuing sport as a kid is really tough. So, so how long were you um, then based in Arizona? Uh, for eight years. Yeah. Oh, so long. It's, I've been here since 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. So... That was a long time ago. And I think at the moment I was just very adventure. I, you know, mm. I was kind of going with the flow. I'm like, okay. And you were so like an international traveler by the yeah, age of like nine like or 10, six, right? Yeah, exactly. So you weren't going to sit still. Yeah. And she's like, okay. So she had this job opportunity in Brisbane at the University of Queensland and thought, okay, like that's where we're going to go. And I'm like, okay, great. I had no idea what to expect. And then when <laughs> I arrived in Brisbane, I'm like, you really chose a very far, you know, like yeah, a, it's really the, far away. It's just really far away. Yeah. And that was interesting too, because- At least you didn't have to learn the language though. I mean, yeah, I thought this is great. I don't have to learn the language. So I've got that, that's fine. Um, even though as a child, I was quite ambitious and my idea was not to become an artist. I was like, I want to work for the UN. I want to speak four languages. I want to do all these things anyway. but uh, <laughs> You can still do that, Nadia. I mean, I don't know. But um, yeah, so we moved here and, you know, I knew the language, that was fine. But what I felt- really great difference in 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 um relationship to living in the u.s and living in a place like tucson arizona which is so close to the mexican border and once upon a time was mexico and um most of my friends were like mexican-american and i felt like a sense of of latinidad or whatever mm. however whatever that words mean, whatever that word means to like individuals, or I, I just felt closer to home. Like yeah. geographically I was closer, but culturally I was also yeah, closer. Yeah, for sure. And it probably yeah. made you feel less homesick for your, you exactly. know, your home country. Yeah. Which also, is an amazing place, but it has gone through real difficulties. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, feeling the distance, the geographical distance from the country that I was from, but also from the country that I had grown up in, essentially friends and family members, was really difficult to reconcile as a teenager. Yeah. You know, I was 16, 17. I'm sure. That's like a really tough Brisbane's time. Brisbane's so different. Brisbane is so different. <laughs> from Venezuela and from Arizona, right? And also, I was in the desert. It was dry. I landed on, I, I remember getting off the plane the first day we arrived and just getting hit by this wave of humidity. And I thought, uh, we got to go back. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> and then also because we kept looking at the map and I'm like, I'm going to be able to walk to the beach. This is going 
to be amazing. And we go to Brisbane and it's and I realized, wait, the beach, it's not, this city doesn't have a beach. Yeah, you're going to have to get in the car yeah. and drive for a few hours to get there. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's Australia is so big, isn't it? Yeah, as well. I mean, obviously America is as well, but, um, but you kind of like live in your little ecosystem, don't you, in your States in the exactly. US? Exactly. You don't truly I feel like I only recently comprehended the size of the country when I went to the west coast mm. so I was in Perth a couple of weeks ago yeah and then you really yeah. really feel it <laughs> it's fascinating isn't it because I think that when you talk about it you can sense your emotion and your attachment to the country but also to the story around it and it comes through in your art mm. and you know if we take a step back and think about actually you as as that you know you came to Australia and you started trying to get your story out there and your story of adversity and yeah. and how you you know you look at your country and look at the impact it's had and look at the the political situation and you've used that in a way which is is so incredibly inspiring and you know you've written these amazing poems that then have spurred you to create these incredible pieces of art to go along with them how did that come to be how did you channel I think it's like mm. a channel yeah. channeling of that experience and your experience and how did you channel that into arts as a form of expression that's such a great question because um when I think about the trajectory that I've had as an artist and where it all began so as a teenage poet to then making something so simple which was essentially these posters I was making these paper cut posters for my family back home as signs of encouragement to to go out and vote to go out and participate and I was doing making these works sort of like in dialogue with my mom because she was also so politically committed and also so you know, also had this desire now being in Australia to maybe one day return home, maybe mm. like that would potentially be a possibility. And I started making these posters. I think for me, it got to the point where I was watching what was happening and I felt really helpless, mm -hmm. essentially. And um, I wanted to create a sort of language, a new language, I guess, to describe what was happening it was like you in the shower yeah when you were in trying yeah. to learn English it's like yeah, what, how right. can I how can I communicate <laughs> exactly. these stories and I think that's when words started to fail me yeah. because I felt like it was impossible to express and explain to people the entirety of the situation it's like if I if we were to talk about it we'd have to create our own podcast series yes. you know to um to unpack it unpack yeah. it yeah and to really delve into every part of it and so for me that became almost like it became so overwhelming yeah. to try it's like to where do you even start yeah exactly and I think when you look at the when you look at my early works which were collage like I, I used to make a lot of works on paper and I still continue to make works on paper as sort of the foundation for mm. my larger scale installations which is my main focus at the moment but what you see in those paper constructions is a lot of vignettes a lot of splices mm -hmm. of um, moments in time so they're moments that I've experienced or moments that I have witnessed either in person or through the stories that have been shared yeah. by my family members or through the lens like the digital lens yes. you know of being of being away of being part of a diaspora and um, and I think when I look at those works like recently I showed, I'm have, I have an exhibition with another artist named John Campbell at the Art Gallery of Western Australia. And 
there's works as early as 2015. Mm -hmm. And to see sort of the language that runs through each of those works and how they have evolved and how they have changed, I felt very touched and very moved by, because I could just, I could see each point in time in like the country's history, you know, yeah. of like what I'm trying to speak to. And then also my own incredible story through what's been shared by my family as well. And I mean, your mom, your grandparents, all your wider family must be so yeah. proud because you're not just, you know, telling the stories of your history, but you're actually doing it in a way which is transformational. And you're taking so many people on that journey with you. And you think about, you know, those 350 people that came, retail team yeah. from Mecca that came to hear you speak, you're taking them on this journey. You're educating them on the history of your co uh, country and also the the journey you've been on yeah. as well, which is, is really profound. So you write the poetry and I know we talked about this. Yeah. So you've, you wrote, it started <laughs> with a poem yeah. and we've ended up with this incredible packaging. So it, there's a whole journey that's gone on between there from the poem to yeah. windows at Mecca. But tell us a little bit about that because mm. you started off with the poetry writing and then you've moved into multi mediums. I mean, not just one, not just, it's not just fine art. You've done gone yeah. the whole way. <laughs> um, and I'd love to just hear, hear you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, um, for me, words are, words will always kind of anchor the work that I make. And now it's more through anecdotes, through stories, through memories that I'm conserving in these exchanges, these digital exchanges that I have with family members and friends. Because one idea is, for me, is how do we preserve sort of like our cotidianidad? So that's a Spanish word that translates to everydayness. Like how do we sort of continue to exist together but apart? Mm. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in terms of how I translate words and poetry into the work that I make and into the work that I'm making right now, which is quite ambitious, I must say, mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to kind of keep pushing. <laughs> I love that you're ambitious. I yeah. mean, like, you're, you are ambitious. When yeah. we looked at your wealth of work, it is, it is incredible. Yeah, I think something that I probably haven't revealed yet is that the work that is being acquired by the NGV, I presented at the Australian Centre for Contemporary Art earlier this year, and I knew the magnitude of what it would mean to show my work in that institutional setting and also in alongside the peers that I was exhibiting yeah. with, who I really admire. I put a lot of pressure on myself to make this installation. It had like a five meter long textile, these um, textile paintings that sort of fell onto the floor that were held up by these like metal steel powder coated metal steel frames and there were sculptures there were t other textiles like timber elements I don't know I kind of feel like there's just more to come like mm. it, there's more there, there's infinite ways for me to express like the complexity of these feelings that I'm still trying to process. Yeah, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think it comes through in your work. Because I think that you you have gone through sort of phases and stages, yeah. and then they come back together again. Yeah, exactly. So you've gone from having really kind of classical pieces of art. Mm. Um, and we have one hanging in our um, head office. Yeah. Then you have these incredible, you know, paper cutouts, and you have your poetry, then you have your, you know, textiles, and installations. And so 
and then they all come together in this like quite magical way. And I can see that there is for you as an artist, you're like on the you're on the beginning of this incredible journey and you've got so much more to tell us. And I think that's what's so exciting. It's very exciting. And I think sometimes I, I spend a lot of time on my own in my studio or in my home just kind of thinking about ideas. And sometimes my, big, my biggest fear is, oh, my God, I'm not going to like get to do all the things I want to do. <laughs> like, life is short. <laughs> you got to go faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what about performance? What about, um, I feel like I don't feel limited by any medium. Exactly. And I feel like if there is... If there is a limit, I think that the exciting thing about not being an expert in certain disciplines is that you get to collaborate with people. Yeah. I think that's the most exciting thing. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't I don't know how to do this, but maybe someone else does. And who are they? And how can I find them? But not just work with them once, like continue to build on that relationship because that's and I, and I feel I actually really totally agree with you and feel that with your partnership with Mecca it's got to be ongoing oh my god of course there's so <laughs> much there's so much that we could do to yeah. explore and to kind of you know yeah. really there's so much joy and celebration in there but this incredible thread of storytelling which I think really resonates yeah and if you were to give some advice to to anybody who's listening who has faced that you know, real challenge in life in terms of your not being able to live in your home country and, and you face adversity in these ways, what, what advice would you give them, especially if they feel that they can't communicate to your point or can't process those feelings and those feelings of, you know, having to step away from what you love in order to, to change your life? I think it's so hard because I think one of the things that I've realized or that I've been working through as I step into like the sort of next chapter of, of my career and my work and my womanhood as mm -hmm. well is um, the amount of pressure that I've put on myself in the past to achieve certain things or to communicate a message and like my one piece of advice or what I'm trying to unlearn or you know relearn within myself is just to be kind to yourself you know to have patience to to rest, to um, reflect and to believe that like whatever small action and whatever feels authentic, mm -hmm. I think it's like whatever feels authentic to you in, in telling your story or in um, helping others or whatever that might look like, just, you know, like it's one step at a time. It doesn't yeah. have to happen overnight. Exactly. And yeah. it's like a, you know, to your point, it's a forever story, yeah, right? So exactly. it can continue to evolve. Yeah. And, and it can change. And sometimes you don't get it right at the beginning, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you've got to make mistakes and keep going. And I think um, that leads me very nicely into this partnership. And obviously we've worked with you on this, um, your poem yes. of what we are, yeah. which, how do you say that in Spanish? De lo que somos. There we go. I won't try and uh, recreate that. Um, <laughs> and then we've worked with you on this piece of poetry, but also this amazing piece of art, which will be all over our packaging. And what we always see at this time of year is that our, you know, customers who are passionate about this collaboration will actually frame the art. They'll frame the tissue paper. They will take That's those so boxes cool. <laughs> and they keep them forever. And these are real. Yeah. They're owning a piece of, you know, Nadia Hernandez's artwork, which is pretty special and pretty incredible. And you'll also have these windows over the stores and your artwork will be 
all over all of our channels. But you're also going to be painting, live mm. painting a window in Turret Road yeah. for us, which I am so excited about because this is what we want to do. We want to bring your art to life for customers in a way which they have an experience. What is it about this partnership? And it's, uh, I mean, obviously, apart from the fact that your work's going to be in the NGV and those things, which is super significant, what is it that you're excited about? I am excited about every moment in the partnership. Since I found out I was doing it, it's just, I've been overjoyed. And um, seeing the artwork be transformed into the packaging and like just fully trusting the Mecca team to to execute that to like the most incredible ability because I was a fan already. So I was, <laughs> I knew it was going to be amazing. And um, I'm just like, I can't wait for the launch. I can't wait for people to see it. I think I'll probably, I cried at the dinner at the, the other night and I'll probably cry again. Yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah. It's very overwhelming. I think that it's hard to pinpoint one aspect of it, you know, meeting yeah. Joe, um, working with like a multitude of people and also just being around strong women who are determined you know women and men but like predominantly women on the team who yeah. are like extremely determined and um feeling that energy in the room and in the space and it's infectious so and you know i think also giving you of that platform yeah. to tell your story yeah. in a truly authentic way you know let's tell that story and keep telling yeah. that story because it's so important and it's so important for everybody to hear it but also for your all of your family to hear it yeah. as well and for you know and i think that's the great thing also about having you know the podcast and the video is that that my family isn't here they often don't get to share these moments yeah. with me but they get to watch it you know they get to see it and i know that they would they'll be listening they'll be listening yeah i love that and of course you had your makeup done on the night of the um the big unveiling which was i know you said it was a really special moment yeah. for you as we are there to really empower everybody to look feel and be their best and tell us a bit about your relationship with beauty in the world of beauty and what what you love about it and what makes you feel happy I mean you're wearing today the NARS new power mat red lip which is <laughs> which you were like um yeah. shown how to apply it properly by the professionals and I was like oh ah, oh that's how they do it um what tell me a bit about your relationship with beauty um I think this is also a really great question and one that I've been thinking about because I think for me, beauty symbolizes so many things. But if I can like pinpoint it to one or two words, it's like authentic expression. Mm -hmm. And whether that's if you feel like leaving your house with not much makeup on, but you just feel fresh and fabulous, like, you know, that's a thing. Or if you want to do a complete look, it's just about expressing yourself, yeah. being authentic to who you are. That's what it means to me, I think. Um, I like to really play with that, with what I wear, with, um, you know, like now um, feeling more inspired to wear lipstick and do these things. And it just brings another energy. It brings definitely yeah. brings an energy. <laughs> and also, you know, for those moments, you want to feel super confident. Yeah. It's a really great way of helping to kind of put yourself out there in, in, in a way, isn't it? And so you were in the NARS Power uh -huh. match. And what else did you sort of take away from that experience? Because those oh, guys are so phenomenal with their oh God, artistry. The, the NARS Power Mat. Um, I'm also really obsessed 
with the cultured face mist. Oh yeah, I had that it in my bag. Right. Yeah. And I, every like throughout the day because Melbourne's quite dry. I'm yeah. Just you know, I'm I'm a Sydney girl, <laughs> but um, I miss that moisture. So I'm like walking around with the cultured face mist, just like spraying myself every hour. So I don't know. There's so many products like to talk about. I feel very lucky at the moment because I also love fragrance yeah to get to choose and play with that as well because so much of fragrance is about storytelling yeah and actually I was talking to one of the team members on the on the night who was a who is a fragrance specialist and I told her that one of my favorite things about walking into the store is coming up with a story Mm. and finding one of the specialists and telling them like I'm thinking that I want to be running through a rose bush and then I want to (laughs) fall and I want but I want sea spray to hit me I want to be salty and like sweet and you know and someone will just say I have the right thing I know exactly Ah, what you're talking about and that is so special you're basically live poetry writing exactly (laughs) or like just coming up with a mood or or um a situation that maybe like will also make someone laugh I was like you know powerful woman with fur coats and wood like dusty and like wood timber these notes and it's like okay portrait of a lady like, <laughs> <laughs> you're so right oh my god I love that I yeah. love the, the sort of spin up spin of you telling them the yeah. story of what you want the mood you want to create rather than the perfume dictating exactly. your mood yes. yeah yeah <laughs> it's hard to know I think what each ingredient is yeah and but for me i don't know my it's a story isn't for it me it's a story and then i get to sort of embody that character yeah or I take on that. a different role what would you say <laughs> your mom obviously she's a, she's a character she's like determined oh and focused like, what would what would be the sort of fragrance that epitomized her she is calm what she's getting for christmas as well is calm de garçon black that's like she's like she made me a list. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, this she's is like, who I am. This is the one. This is who I am. Amazing. I mean, she's also she's also a woman that I don't know, yeah, my mom has really like has really looks after herself. Mm-hmm. And she's also the type of person that did have different perfumes that puts lipstick on, that puts makeup on, that looks after like her skin and um it's all those notions of self-care and self-love that yes. she's really kind of passed on to me as well. So uh, Nadia, tell me, so for the benefit of our listeners today, can you paint a sort of metaphorical picture of your artwork and the types of colors you use and the mediums that you work in um, and what they could expect if they go to a gallery to see Nadia Hernandez? Yeah, of course. Um, so the work that... Customers will get to see across the campaign, across all the stores, is originally a work that I created to sort of pay homage to my great-grandmother, Delia, um, where I invited all of my family members that were her descendants to contribute an anecdote or a memory or a recipe to commemorate my grandmother, who is just a very particular individual, a very inspiring individual. One of my cousins said to me, he sent me a, a text message and in the text message, like the most poignant phrase just sort of stood out to me, which was, she was like the sun and all its energy. So I created this work titled in Spanish, Como el sol y toda su energía, 
out of different textiles, which I, I cut out the letters out of different textiles. I painted some of them. I sewed them together. It was very challenging because it's quite a large scale work. And I was sewing each of these letters, kind of working out how I was going to piece it together. There's a roof. There's like the iconography, like to symbolize a house, just the iconography of the sun with these um, pink hands that are like open. There's an eye. It's got a tear to sort of symbolize this longing for home and a lot of ribbons, like beautiful ribbons just sort of streaming and extending onto the ground to um, talk to that relation, like that spatial relationship between the roof of the gallery and the floor of the gallery. And that was the work that has been translated into the packaging so that customers will expect to see details of that work across all the boxes and bags and in store. And it's really meaningful to me because the way that the work has been translated texturally has really captures that original artwork. And your poem as well is going to be with inside yeah. the boxes and on tissue paper and then even on the escalator of our flagship store in Sydney. So hopefully the story is, is you're getting your story out there yeah. in this meaningful way. I love that it's um, really sort of that love for your grandmother inspired yeah. the work in the first place that's beautiful and then the poem itself which is called of what we are the lo que somos that's in, that was inspired by an exhibition that i had in 2021 i started looking at my mom's recipes my mom's also extremely aside from being tenacious she's like incredibly creative and she is an amazing cook but not just someone who like you know throws things together she will like as a scientist mm -hmm. she'll kind of like analyze her recipe rewrite it you know like work through it and come up with like a new better version of that oh wow yeah. and she when I moved out of home she <laughs> said to me she was like oh no I'm so sad because I've taught you nothing. <laughs> like I have, like I've taught, I haven't taught you how to cook properly, and it's true because I try. But I, and I, I'm not bad. But I would like to be as good as you know my great grandmother, my grandma, my mom. But she gave me this book of recipes, and it's called Notas de Cocina, which means cooking notes. And I based my entire exhibition around searching for poetry in the procedure of the words that she's crafted to tell, you know, to, to share these recipes. And I started to think about, you know, what are we made of? Like, what mm. what is this? And I was like, oh, we're made out of butter at room temperature. We're made out of stale bread. We're made out of pure gold. Like that original poem that I created um, had a lot of, a lot more of like a political context and like relationship to home. But then I looked through some of my artworks that, you know, that, that started to inspire the, the partnership with Mecca. And I wanted to rewrite the poem and make it really specific to, to this new relationship. And so I took of what we are and yeah, I, I included the, the line of the sun and all its energy, of a solitary star, of a flower with love, of the plants in my house, and so on. It goes. And you read that poem yeah. to that amazing group of women and men at the NGV. And I think everybody was floored by just the how you brought the whole story of it to life but also how you really think so much it's not just a piece of art yeah. this is like it's got deep meaning and yeah. the way you articulate that meaning is so core and key to what you do um so like congratulations on that it's pretty pretty incredible to to think so beautifully about that world and uh, you speak in such an eloquent way but you and but you also 
thread into your art some some humor and some characters yeah. which we loved when we saw it there's snoopy yeah there's, i mean there's all sorts tell us a bit about yeah. the characterization piece because it's so cool and you'll oh find it God, on our yeah, the mecha max, mecha max yeah. packaging as well i think the mecha max packaging is really exciting as well because um uh, the a lot of my paintings have been used in the packaging and they are just it's super fun and bright and colorful there's a painting called Various Ingredients. Uh, there's like oranges that have faces and like butter that has faces <laughs> and all these little characters kind of coming together. Humor is a really important part of my practice because I'm often dealing with like themes that are very complicated yeah. and like difficult to digest. For me personally, I think it's often not easy to talk about these things and then also to sort of manage like yeah. how it might trigger somebody else as well. It's like, it's not an easy thing. So then humor and these, these, this lightness that comes through is actually really important because it's like a companion. Yeah. Um, it's like they're your companions to help you make sense of the world. And I remember when I was searching through, because I'm often searching through my own personal archive of images to talk about my, to, to bring into my work through the vignettes um, in the paper cutouts, whereas, which is where I start. And I found this card, this little plastic card, an image of a plastic card that probably dates back to like the late 80s or the 90s and it had a snoopy yeah <laughs> and um, I'm pretty sure my mom my mom had this box of letters that is still back in Venezuela letters and like candy wrappers and stickers and little note cards and I used to be obsessed with this box and I used to just grab it open it read through it lay out the pieces of paper and in there was this card and it was snoopy snoopy tangled up in a kite <laughs> and I've included Snoopy in this painting called like Snoopy tangled up and confused and in a way I kind of saw myself through that lens of this of this Snoopy oh, so cute. Um, in relationship to trying to explain this broader concept yeah and, it's, and that's how they inter interject I know and, the, and I just love it because it brings a sort of real innocence to yeah. really complicated stories and to a point yeah. these are they're, they're difficult for you mm. to tell but when you bring in that lightness and you kind of channel your younger self yeah. your Venezuela you know yeah, and my, Nadia my, from, like child yeah. yeah me as a child so and I think those are my memories of, of growing up and uh, when I when I think back to those moments I see myself you know I see myself in Venezuela in the 90s with my grandparents with my full family celebrating Christmas mm -hmm. you know doing things that like they're not really possible anymore you know and yeah. um like I really cherish those memories so yeah I think to kind of speak to my former self my little self and um <laughs> and you know bring in those characters and bring in that other layer of joy and innocence is is essential and I think it's exciting as well to to be able to do that as an adult because we forget about these things and isn't it so wonderful to hear the story of you finding that box yeah and <laughs> getting all the pieces out and laying, you basically started creating your art yeah, there and then it was like the moment yeah. wasn't it your mum somehow managed to unlock all yeah. of that magic with this box of, of letter, I mean, uh, letters so cool. and, and <laughs> bits and pieces and you know how I love that it's those sort of formative moments that you know really help propel you forward 
so thank you for sharing that. I know it's like, it's such it's personal stories, but really it means a lot for you to share that with us. No, thank you. It's nice to remember as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Nadia, that was amazing. As I said, your story is incredible. We are so honored to partner with you. Um, and we think there is no one better to work with with us and the NGV on this creative collaboration and you telling your story in the way that you do is is super powerful and we are all here for it and we want you to keep telling your stories and uh, telling us all and educating us all along the way which is incredibly powerful and bringing that sunshine and joy because there is sun there are suns there's lips there's eyes it's like beautiful you've got that like you're you're bringing to life all these creative moments um so thank you so much Thank you. Thanks so much. And I hope I can continue to to do that because it is about it is about sort of harboring that joy, that positivity, that energy that often tries to be squashed down. But whatever external factor, I really want to share that with people and let that resonate. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, 